This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. I had a topic planned for today, Jesse, and at the last minute decided to change because I wrote this post on Instagram yesterday. It was kind of one of those where you just got inspired and wrote it, and it resonated with so many, many women. And I've gotten so many responses to it, so many follow-up questions that I thought, we need to talk about this on the podcast. Let's dive deeper into the topic of how to help walk with whatever you want to say, how to, I hate to say deal with, but a child who is frustrated, like what to do when your child is frustrated. This could be whether your child is five or 15 or 25, really any age, what we're going to share. Or 45. What we're going to share applies. Um, now, it doesn't fully apply to little, little, little toddlers. I did a whole thing on that this morning on Instagram. So if you're interested, you can go to The Money Saving Mom. And in my highlights on Instagram, I have a thing set that says toddlers. And so I dive into that there. But basically, any other age. And really, what we're going to share also applies to any relationship, right. your spouse, but we're going to specifically talk about your child. But before we get to that, I have a travel horror story to share today. Was this one of ours? Uh, this is from my trip last oh, yes. week to North Carolina. So I flew to North Carolina last week for my sister. She is having a baby. And so my older sister and I were doing this little shower for her. 
And so we were so excited because I had found this super, super, super cheap ticket through Charlotte that would I could leave in the morning and I could get back at night. Now, we booked this before kind of everything started happening with the airlines where there were so many canceled flights. And also, we had no idea that the same day there was going to be snow in Charlotte, which I don't think hardly ever happens. And so you add in all the issues that the airlines have been dealing with, with just staffing issues, and then you add in snow. And it made for um, an uneventful day. I gratefully ended up actually getting there. I was only supposed to be there for about four and a half hours. So I knew I was already cutting it tight, but I really didn't want to stay overnight because it's just hard for Kirsten right now for me to stay overnight. And then that makes it hard for you too, Jesse. Mm-hmm. So I got stuck in Charlotte for four hours, but then my flight home got delayed. So I ended up being able to be with my sisters for a few hours. It all worked out. It was great. But what I want to share with you is while oh, that, I was that, stuck, that's not the horror no, story. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. That was fine, you know, because I went into I've always learned about traveling because we've traveled a lot now, not in the last two years, but mm. back in the day when we were flying multiple times a month, I just really learned you just roll with it. Mm-hmm. You always expect there's going to be delays, you expect the unexpected, and then always if, take a change of clothes. Yes. And if it doesn't happen that you have delays, you're like, wow. So while I was stuck in Charlotte for four hours, um, my phone was starting to run out of battery and there was just wall to wall people everywhere. And I was like, I really need to find an outlet because it's going to be a problem if I, you know, actually make it on the plane and then land and wherever I was going to North Carolina. And there is no, like my phone is dead and I can't contact my sisters. So I was looking and looking and looking for an outlet, but I also needed to be close to where my gate was because the delays kept happening, but I needed to keep really close tabs on because at any point in time they could be like, okay, now we're boarding. Which has happened before. Yes. So all of a sudden it was like this oasis opened up in the desert and I see this completely empty spot on the floor. There's like 10 feet of just empty carpet either way, like a 10 square foot area of empty carpet. And there was an outlet right in the middle. And you have to picture that everywhere else in this airport, there is just wall to wall people at this point in this area of the airport. And I thought, well, what do you know? It's like, God is just opening up the door and providing this outlet for me. And so I just, you know, kind of rushed over there and sat down, started to plug my phone in. And as as soon as I sat down, I was like, it's wet on the floor. And I thought, well, I bet (laughs) someone used this outlet and they just spilled their water. But I was like, I don't really want to sit in wet. And I was congested and I had on a mask, so could not smell anything. I need to throw that in there. And So I was feeling all around on the floor to figure out where it was no longer wet because I didn't want to be sitting in (laughs) wet. I didn't know this. (laughs) So you just picture me down on the ground, like feeling, feeling the carpet, feeling all over. And I finally, like if I scooted over and sat in this one spot, I could, my phone could still reach the outlet. I could still hold my phone and I wasn't sitting in wet. So I sat there for 10 minutes at least, ate my lunch, 
was on my phone and no one else came over there. Like it continued to just be this empty area. And I was just like, this is just such a gift. Like I'm getting my phone charged and I'm getting to eat and, you know, it was a little wet, but we, you know, I, I found a dry spot. Well, after about 10 minutes, this woman walks over and she goes, I just thought you might like to know that just right before you sat down, someone had thrown up in that spot. (laughs) I didn't know whether I should say thank you. Um, At At least you weren't sitting in chunks. I really didn't know how to respond. Like it threw me for such a loop. And all I could think about was I was down on the ground with my hand, like smushing into the carpet, trying to find a section that wasn't wet. And I thought it was like spilled water and it was throw up. (laughs) And then I know like my pants are wet Uh, from it. And I'm thinking, all these people are probably sitting all around and they witnessed this person throw up right in the spot. And then... I come trooping in and just sit down right there and eat my lunch, you know? And But they're probably all like, who's going to go tell her? Who's going to go tell her? Somebody needs to go tell her. <laughs> so anyway, word to the wise. If there is wet carpet in the airport, don't assume that it's water spilled. Yep. But I just had to tell myself, I'm absolutely sure that someone came right after this person threw up and they cleaned it with like really high powered commercial cleaner. And all the wet that I was feeling was just that cleaner. So it was probably the cleanest spot in the airport to sit. You think that? Although I did happen to, once I knew it was throw up, I did see some things on the carpet. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm still trying to tell myself that. I did like immediately. Then I was like, I didn't want to touch anything. I immediately got up, went to the bathroom, tried to like scrub everything. But yes, so that happened. I don't even know how to segue from that to anything else, but I do have a book update. And that is I finished an audiobook by Francine Rivers called The Masterpiece. This one has been on my shelf for a very long time. But I, it's a big book and I was finally excited to figure out that it was on Libby. So I downloaded it and it was a really good book. I would say it was probably somewhere between three and a half and four stars. It was, it was very engaging. It got a little bit long in some parts, but it was just a really beautiful story of redemption. And also it had some foster care themes in it, which I wasn't expecting. And just about how God can redeem broken past and what Satan meant for evil, God can use for good. And just, just it, it was like, really, I thought the title of a masterpiece just kind of wove throughout the whole book, just this beautiful story and how often we don't see what God is doing. And it, a lot of things don't make sense. But when you look back at the end, you look back and you see how he was writing this beautiful story. So again, that was The Masterpiece by Francine Rivers. Jesse, you said you had a book update, but before you do, we got a message from someone who said that they really appreciated what you shared last week about reading. And I wanted to share that with you. She said, this is from Christina. Thanks for your podcast this week. The part that stuck out to me is the challenge to just sit down and read for a few minutes every day. I love reading and have stacks of books, but haven't been getting anywhere in them. 
As a homeschooling mom of three, ages five, four, and two, with one on the way, and being a highly sensitive person, it has seemed impossible for me to read lately. I think it's because I've been thinking I need an hour to sit down quietly, which almost never happens. I'm going to change my thinking about it and look for those five to 15 minute windows and set a timer and just read. Looking forward to seeing how this helps me make progress. So I appreciate what you shared last week about just setting the timer and just saying, okay, every morning... I'm going to read for 20 minutes, but maybe for someone else, it's, I'm going to read for three minutes or I'm going to read for five minutes. Just Mm -hmm. the habit, establishing that habit, or it could even be, I'm going to read one page or I'm going to read five pages, but just that habit, that daily habit, it's amazing how much it adds up. It really does. And, you know, five minutes here, 10 minutes there, you know, kind of reminds me of what I've been talking to um, one of my uh, daughters about when we are at ice skating in the morning. I asked the question, did you beat yesterday? Because it is important that you're making progress and all you need to do is beat yesterday. You don't need to have an amazing time doing whatever you're doing, whether it's skating, whether it's whatever practice. Did you do better than the day before? No. In the case of this reading, did you read five minutes yesterday? Did you read six minutes today? You know, progress is progress. You know, one foot in front of the other. Don't be discouraged as long as you can make it measurable and see that you are indeed moving forward and making progress, it's awesome. So, Well, and I, I was thinking of that. That's also, you're comparing yourself to yourself. Exactly. It's not someone else that you see that they're doing amazing things. It's not who you think you're supposed to be, but it's, are you making progress over who you were yesterday? Yep. And maybe it's not even, I mean, I was thinking like, Maybe it's not that you read five minutes yesterday, you read six minutes today. It's maybe yesterday I read five minutes. Today I'm going to read five minutes again. I'm going to keep at yeah. that every single day. That consistency because is that's a big a deal too. Yeah. Are you a one-day streak? Are you at a two-day streak? You know, like you said. Yesterday I was only on a one-day streak. Today I'm at a two. So yep. you've, I've done better than yesterday. Yep. So my uh, book update is uh, actually when I was driving uh, with Caitlin back to school. Um, one morning here uh, this week, she, she was telling me about a book she was reading for school. And so I was asking some questions about it. And she said, Hey, have you ever read this book? And I said, Nope. And then she asked if you'd read a number of other books that she's read in, in school and in high school and 1984 and Animal Farm and, you know, kind of cult classics, things that you generally are supposed to read in high school. Um, I said, no. So uh, she kind of challenged me and said, you know what? I'm going to put a book list together for you of things that I'd like you to read. So uh, I reminded her about doing that here a couple of days ago. So hopefully she's going to get that. And I'm going to kind of maybe stretch my reading genres out a little bit. Yeah. Out of like the same type of fiction Mm -hmm. that you, I feel like you've been, you know, staying in one lane for a while, which is fine, but it is good to challenge ourselves right. in different directions when it comes to reading. I love that. Okay. How to help a child who is frustrated. I think anyone listening who has children, if they're over the age of, I don't know, what, three days? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You've experienced frustration, whether that comes in the form of a child who is you know, bottling it all inside and going really quiet, but you can tell there's something really wrong or it's coming out sideways as anger 
or a meltdown or, you know, even like spewing just words that are, you know, unkind and rude. You've experienced this. We've experienced this a lot in our home. And for years, I was the fixer. And I talk about this in my book, Love Center Parenting, but I wanted to fix things. I wanted to tie them up with a neat little bow. And so I would kind of swoop in and fix it by a lot of times it would be kind of shutting it down and be like, stop being frustrated about this. That is not worth being frustrated. You're just wasting your energy. Just stop right now or change your attitude. Like you need to have a better attitude about this. You need to control yourself. But I wasn't getting to the root at all in doing Mm -hmm. that. It was was like messy bow, not a neat bow. Well, it was just trying to fix it in the way that I felt like was fixing it when it really wasn't fixing anything. Mm -hmm. Just kind of telling them to stop. And if we think about it in our own life, if someone, you know, if we're feeling frustrated or stressed or overwhelmed and someone just tells us basically what you're frustrated or stressed or overwhelmed about doesn't have value. Like that doesn't matter or just get it together and just stop. That never makes us feel heard or seen or secure in that relationship. But also it kind of says to you, your feelings don't have any value or weight. Like just get over it. And so you're never addressing where it's coming from. You're just kind of squelching it down. And I also have been very guilty of getting frustrated at a child for being frustrated Mm -hmm. and, you know, like kind of lashing back out, like kind of fighting fire with fire in the sense of like, okay, well, if you're going to be frustrated, then I'm going to raise my voice and I'm going to be frustrated at you. And I'm just be so frustrated that you're frustrated, which is really, really ironic and hypocritical. And I can tell you that it never ever accomplishes anything good to respond in frustration mm-hmm. to someone who is frustrated. When that's the only tool that you have to communicate is frustration. That's the only way that you know to communicate what you're feeling. Then, then that's what is going to be used. I mean, but you think if all you have is a hammer, everything's going to be a nail, you know, so you need to have tools, proper tools to communicate. It's not necessarily that you you devalue what you're thinking or what you're feeling. It's just that you don't have the proper tool to communicate what that feeling is. It comes out as frustration. Well, I think also if we get frustrated at our child for being frustrated, we're not modeling to them how to handle situations where there's tension. Mm -hmm. Like we want to be the ones to model for them. You're modeling it, but in the wrong way. Yes. And so we're showing them, okay, if there's, you know, when something escalates, we escalate with it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I've really tried to do the last few years, and I talk about this a lot in love-centered parenting, is sh- shooting up flare prayers and relying upon the Holy Spirit. And so not going into a situation of my own strength, trying to fix it, but instead stepping back and asking for God's help relying upon the Holy Spirit, who as a Christian is in me and I can lean into. I don't have to do this on my own. And so shooting up that flare prayer of, God, I want to help this child. I don't know what that looks like. Help them to feel love through me. Help my posture to be one of kindness and calmness 
give me wisdom to know how to address the situation. So before I go in to address the situation, stopping and leaning on the Holy Spirit, asking for his help and just kind of recentering myself. And I feel like it's so much better to go into a situation with that sort of mindset of, I want to love this child instead of, I want to fix this and shut this down. And also just taking that time to take a deep breath instead of reacting, taking time to think about the best way to respond. And I found that there are really three questions especially as our kids get older, three questions that are very valuable in these situations. And the first one is just to ask, what's wrong? And like I said, you can do this with any age, but especially once they're maybe five or six years old and they're old enough to kind of be able to verbalize. And and maybe it's going to come out all jumbled up and all angry and Maybe there's even going to be where they are falsely accusing you, they're you know, lashing out at you, but letting them just vent it out. We don't want our kids to bottle things up inside. That's never healthy. And so maybe what's coming out feels really icky, but I'd rather that they get it out than that it stays in. And it also helps me in the, you know, hours and days to come as maybe we need to circle back around and have a conversation to just kind of know what's inside and what's going on there. So asking what's wrong and letting them let it all out, not coming up with a quick fix or solution, but just listening, communicating to them, I care. You are valued. What matters to you matters to me. So give them space to just pour it all out. And sometimes I've found that even just that act of asking what's wrong and letting them express it, there's a lot that de-escalates just in that. Like once they get it out and someone just listens, it kind of can help calm them down for us to not be responding, reacting, you know, being critical of them, being frustrated with them, to just listen calmly. And a lot of times, there's not a lot that I can do in this situation. Like, you know, they're frustrated and there really isn't an easy solution, but I can start with a listening ear. And then asking, how can I help you? So what's wrong? How can I help you? This communicates to them, I am with you. I am for you. I want to walk alongside you. You are not alone. So often our kids can feel overwhelmed just because they feel like they're trying to carry heavy weights on their own. And this a lot of times is an opportunity then I'll also say, can I just pray for you? Or if it seems like appropriate that they would be willing and welcome it for me to just put my arm around them, to just let them know you're not having to carry this on your own. I'm with you. So what's wrong? How can I help you? And let them 
kind of lead with that. It helps for them to have the opportunity to ask for help. This is an important life skill for you to recognize, okay, this is too much for me. I need to ask for help ask for help from people around me. And also this is an opportunity to point them to the Lord, to ask for his help as well. And to just point them to Jesus in these situations where they feel overwhelmed. And then finally, just saying, what can you do about it? So what's wrong? How can I help? What can you do about it? And I find that these questions are really helpful for myself. Like if I'm asking, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, what's wrong? What would help? What can I do about it? And so maybe they can't fix the whole situation. Maybe I can't fix the whole situation, but maybe there's a simple thing that they can do that will at least alleviate some of the stress right then. So helping them to think of tools, helping them to think of solutions, and not just rushing in to try to be the problem solver for them. But listening, pointing them to Jesus, letting them know that we are with them, and helping them to come up with some creative solutions. And sometimes that will involve just asking them more questions. Okay, so tell me more about that. Tell me why that's so hard for you. Is there anything that you've done in the past that has been helpful for you? Is there anything right now, today, that you think would be really helpful for you? Instead of you suggesting things, ask questions and kind of lead them to some solutions so that they're learning, like Jesse talked about earlier, those tools for solving problems and those tools for walking through overwhelming or frustrating or stressful situations. And like I said, there might need to be some hard conversations, some heart-to-heart conversations, maybe some consequences. If there's a lot that is spewed out in this situation, you're like, this needs to be addressed. This needs to be dealt with. But in the moment when your child is so frustrated, that's usually not the time and place to be you know, just really having the hard conversation where you need to confront them over something or you need to just have a come to Jesus moment or you need to really dole out the consequences. That can come in the hours or days ahead. In that moment when they're feeling so frustrated though, stop, send up a flare prayer, breathe, ask God to love through you. And then listen, ask what's wrong, ask how can I help, walk with them, and then help them to work through and come up with some solutions by asking, what can you do about this? As moms, we set the tone for our home. We can't fix all our kids' struggles. (laughs) Sometimes I really wish that I could. We can't solve all their problems, but we can walk with them and we can communicate to them. I'm here. I love you. I'm for you. And I'm not going anywhere. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 